What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Beers with Dad, the Austin-based pod hosted by three guys, each on our own journey. Our paths cross at the intersection of fatherhood and craft beer. Go ahead and test-click your barbecue tongs, clip your cell phone to your belt, lace up those new balances, and have a cold one with us. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to the second episode of Season 2 of Beers with Dad. This is John, and with me today, I have my usual co-host, Nick and Chris. Hey, guys, what's up? What's happening, guys? Good to be back with you. What up, fellas? Always good to see your smiling faces again. And we've got Chris back in the RV, living the RV life. He has put up a curtain, though, now, so it's he's classing up the joint a bit. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we got curtains. Uh, we got Febreze. It's a classy joint. <laughs> that's that's what makes an RV classy. That's right. <laughs> what uh what scent are you rocking with the febreze uh it's like a forest pine forest scent mm. something like mm. that yeah you know i mean we're in the outdoors and all got it it's because of beignet uh-huh <laughs> yes we'll, we'll go with we've that. heard about the stinky farts before yeah you can always blame it. stinky farts <laughs> yes uh yeah yeah not the stinky farts you had from eating beignets so where are you coming to us from today chris we arrived in technically it's Spanish Fort, Alabama. It's just on the east side of Mobile, so down on the Gulf Coast. Is there a fort? Yes, I made it myself uh, <laughs> out of sheets and some construction paper, couch cushions. Got it. Mm-hmm. So it's been a little bit since we have talked to y'all. We are getting back to more of our normal, our regularly scheduled programming, but it's been a while and I know we've had a lot of life developments in that time frame. So I'm going to go around the horn and ask y'all for your high-low buffalo. Chris, I'm going to let you kick it off. What you got for us? All right. So high-low buffalo. The high of the last few weeks was undoubtedly hanging out with family and doing Mardi Gras in New Orleans. We just, before we arrived in uh, Spanish Fort, Alabama, we spent a little over a week in New Orleans and kids came in from Houston. I got to see my family that lives in New Orleans and they really, they do Mardi Gras right. They rent a space on uh, St. Charles, which is one of the main parade routes. And bring smokers and grills and deep fryers and beer and drinks and porta potties and really do it upright. They set up a stand where you can watch the parades and it's just, it's like an amazing experience and, and getting to do that with the kids was just awesome. And also just walking around the French quarter with them, like as adults, you know, they're kids as adults being able to like walk into places and just grab a drink and sit down and enjoy each other's company without having to chase grandkids around was just a whole lot of fun. Had a great time. The low is, let's see, my dad broke his hip. He fell and broke his hip on December 23rd. We're recording this episode on February 21st, and he's still in the hospital. So just that whole ordeal has been a continuous low. And my buffalo is this. So being born and raised in 
Louisiana, I always thought New Orleans was the birthplace of Mardi Gras. We arrived in Mobile and they had signs everywhere saying the home of Mardi Gras. And I was like, what? That's not true. I got to look this up. So sure enough, did a little fact checking and found two or three articles on the internet that said it did in fact originate in Mobile. It's just that New Orleans has been doing it better. Well, they have the more, yeah, better and more popularly. So anyway, that was my Buffalo. I was quite frankly shocked that Mobile, Alabama is the birthplace of Mardi Gras in the United States. First of all, sorry to hear about your dad. Hope that situation improves soon. Yeah. I know it's been a while. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. Uh, But yeah, I think my dad has actually been to like a Mardi Gras, like, costume or masquerade ball or something in mobile which i thought was kind of odd i just figured oh well that's something that whole area does but that's interesting that they are the birthplace nick did you know that i did not i have today i learned (laughs) and we're all about the facts here as we have said many times before we are highly researched we're highly factual not opinion-based podcast well, that's so. why that's why i'm not going to even look it up myself you yeah you could take that to the bank it, there's no no choice that that's not true so nick now that you've learned why don't you uh maybe pass on something that you've learned recently to us and your high low buffalo uh well i mean gotta start with the high and you know as long as it's been since we've quote unquote sat down together here um i gotta go with recent uh recent events because they're you know, super top of mind. Uh, we just got back and I say just got back, literally just got back from Orlando, Florida, uh, where we spent five days out there going to Disney world, universal studios, and just living that life for, you know, almost a week. It was a uh, big family trip for us, all of my unit, uh, me, my wife, both kids, then my brother-in-law, his girlfriend, my mother-in-law, some family friends of ours, their kids, their parents, my brother, his wife, his daughter, ended up being a group of about 15 people. Uh, we're all living, not living, you know, just renting this Airbnb. We're all staying in this massive nine-bedroom house. Uh, it's got its own pool and everything. The kids are just waking up at 6 o'clock every morning and living in the pool until it's time for us to force them out. Uh, is just that amazing trip. An amazing time. I don't know if I ever want to do it again, though. And Nick has had to get a second job. (laughs) Yes, that would be, I suppose, the low right there is. I'm not looking at the credit card statement yet, but I'm sure it's a kidney. I'm sure it was shocking, but that's not something we will do, you know, yearly or anything. This is pretty, you know, this was like like a five year trip, pretty much. So you can't really I mean, you can, but. At the in the moment when you're with your kids, you can't really put a pr- you can't price put on a that. Ba- price on happiness. Uh, Wait, there is a price. It's on and, the credit card statements, but you can't. <laughs> Disney knows exactly what that price is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will charge you for it. But I mean, it was it was an amazing trip. Disney is the best in the world at that, and it shows. There's there's not anybody else that does it quite like that. It's frankly mind-bogglingly incredible. So yeah. High, high and low a, a little bit like there. Buffalo, hmm. I'm going to go with a just kind of a 
something that I really enjoyed in the trip. That was for me, that was just for me only that I kind of got to do my, on my own. And that was build a lightsaber at the galaxy's edge portion of Hollywood studios in Disney world. That's why Nick's broke. And <laughs> so that was the, that was the last, the last straw right there, but something I really wanted to do. And uh, we were able to make it happen. That's awesome. Disney is an incredible place. It's not cheap, but I think somebody that I, when we were preparing for our trip the first time said really well is Disney operates in the currency of magic and the exchange rate is high. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, my high low Buffalo for my high, I'm going to go back a little bit and just say, well, it's been a while since we've recorded. Um, I got to really have a nice Christmas season with family. Part of it was because of a knee surgery that had me down a little bit. We got to do a lot of the things. Uh, we got lights put up on our house. We got a new giant Christmas tree. We had my wife's aunt and uncle and cousins come in and really got to spend some time getting to know them. They stayed with us. Just really, really good holiday season. Got to watch all the Christmas movies. A lot of fun. The knee surgery part leads to my low, which was uh, developed a blood clot post-surgery that I'm still dealing with, which also delayed our Jag Shark interview with Pine House that we had last week. So that delayed that, but on blood thinners and everything's fine so far, I guess. And for my Buffalo, you'll be hearing more about this in weeks to come, but we are partnering with the Austin Ale Trail for their passports for this next year. So you'll hear more about it, but it's something my wife surprised me with for Christmas. And then we talked about kind of partnering with them. So you'll hear more about it in episodes to come, but look out for that. It's really cool. Really enjoyed doing their passport last year. It exposed me some breweries that I hadn't seen before. And it was a whole lot of fun. Did their finisher party, I think, last week. So good time there. I don't know about you guys, but I've had quite a few beers since we've sat down and done this. So do you have anything special in particular that you would like to talk about in what you're drinking? Chris, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, we have had many good beers since the last time we chatted and I had it recently, but it's also really, really good. So I'm going to say it's one of the best beers that I have had since the last time we chatted. And it is from a brewery in New Orleans called Parlo Beer Lab. It's P-A-R-L-E-A-U-X. Um, New Orleans. Yep. That's right. Of course, it's spelled L-E-A-U-X. But I I really, really like that brewery. It's like, I would consider it a brewer's brewery. Like they've got very specialty items and they're everything that I had was very, very good. But there was one uh, in particular, it was a, an Imperial Stout aged in rye whiskey barrels. It was 11%, so a little on the high side, but it was called Shoreless Seeds and Stardust from Parlo Beer Lab. Probably the one of the best things that I've had since we all last chatted, and it, it's very good. I mean, I'm reluctant to say it's up there with Jag Shark, but it's up there with, with Jag Shark. They have a nice bit of heat from the rye. Yeah, it was, it had some, it was peppery, 
as Shrek would say. <laughs> Out of all the is Scottish it, accents, is that what I he like, would say? I like that you win. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it had a little bit of a uh, spice from the from the rye barrels, and it was good. Highly recommend it. Very nice. Well, on your return trip, if you're coming back to New Orleans, maybe you should consider stopping and bringing some back. Yeah, that's just uh, don't ship it. No, <laughs> even though it's only no. going from New from New Orleans to Austin, seventy five hundred dollars. That's right, one bottle. As the much as Nick's lightsaber. Yeah. and that was a bargain (laughs) (laughs) nice nice so funny thing is the shrek the animators on shrek were actually assigned to that project as a punishment for if they didn't perform well on uh, prince of egypt animation i don't know if you guys knew that Hmm. it was actually the term was called getting shreked and you would get reassigned to that project not a disney film nick have you had anything maybe at disney maybe not that you would like to report back on so yeah, uh, there was some beers to be had there for sure, but I'm gonna pick out just at the end of the day. My favorite one to go to was the Sakar City Jialai, and I know it's one that we get here in Austin now, but it's it's so pleasant. It's just just such a solid, hearty but easy drinking, juicy piney red resiny IPA, and it was it was what I needed at the end of the day. Oh yeah, no Cigar City. That the the Hialai, if you will, um, named after the sport uh, Hialai. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with what I said. It's a hard Sorry, J. Guys. Got it. Um, <laughs> but no, that was one of those beers way back when. I was like, oh man, are you going to Florida? Could you bring back some Hialai? Like that's it's delicious, and it still is. Like it hasn't gotten bad. I think there's just <clears throat> one of the issues downfalls pitfalls of being a craft beer consumer is just there's always so much new and so it's always like oh let me try this new thing and that new thing and sometimes you forget to come back to those good classics one of the beers that we're going to do this season is one of those for me it's the mosaic ipa by community which is just a very good go to it it's always the same it's always delicious but because it's not the new hotness sometimes i forget about it Thank you for sharing, Nick. My What You're Drinking is going to be, there's a new brewery to Austin, thanks to Flood Distribution, called Outer Range. They're from Frisco, Colorado. And I've been able to get a couple of their hazy IPAs. They have one called Amenities. And it really took me back to some of those like first ones that I was getting out of the Northeast six, seven years ago. I mean, it was amazing. Just like so juicy, tropical, delicious like the mouthfeel is right. It was just everything you want in a hazy IPA. Their shipments aren't regular yet, but if you can find them maybe at a Sunrise or a Witchcraft, I highly recommend trying their IPAs. I tried one of the other ones. I can't remember what it was called and it was delicious as well. So highly recommend. Also, Flood Distribution is bringing other half from New York into Austin in the next few weeks. I found that out from Sam, who we're going to try and get on the episode. Sam at Sunrise. If you are into the local Austin beer scene, you might have heard of Sam. He started a little empire with Sunrise being an unassuming gas station. That's actually a fantastic bottle shop. And he just became a dad recently. So we're going to try and get him on the show. Is that the place like on Duval and 40? You're thinking of the flag store. The one That's with the, yeah, all the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's another that one. Oh, Sunrise. Sunrise on, is on Anderson. Twenty two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Anderson between Burnett and one eighty three. They're a, it's okay. a Sitgo gas station, and now he opened White Wing Market, which is way like it's it's in Leander proper. It's uh it's out there, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, the Flag Store is another good one. I just I've known Sam for a while, got connected to him through Taylor at Pecan Street Brewing, which just won a medal at the first Texas Brewers Guild Award Ceremony, which. Nick's beer, which we will also do later this season, Bloodwork Orange, also took a, a medal home from that ceremony. Congrats, ABW and Nick. Oh, thanks, guys. I was yeah. a little proud of that, actually. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. That's awesome, man. You should get to wear the bolo tie at least once. All of their awards were like their medals, but they were part of a bolo tie, which was just. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll take it out for a spin one day. I feel like you've gotten to know us over the last 20 or so episodes but we still like to uh let you in on a bit of our lives and our who we are as people in a quick question so we're recording this on president's day and i figured we'd go around the circle here and see who is your favorite president and why chris would you like to start us off let's see i thought about this a long time that's not true i thought about it for about five minutes and i think my favorite president is Kennedy. The reason is he probably had the coolest presidential accent of any presidents that we have seen so far. I like it. I like it. It's good reason. It is pretty quotable. Yeah. Ask not what you Shout can. Well, yeah. No whatever. ma. Mm-hmm. So, it, no, I mean, also, he accomplished some uh, exceptional things while he was president, and obviously his presidency was cut short. I'm really uh, intrigued by what else could have happened had Kennedy not been assassinated. But I think he did some great things for our country and was a respected leader. Uh, unfortunate that it ended the way that it ended, obviously. But uh, anyway, I think he's my, I think he's my favorite. Have you ever read the Stephen King JFK book, which is like an alternative history type thing? They've made a series out of it, too, with James Franco. No, but I'm interested. I, I mean, the series is, I would say the series is pretty good. And from what I've been told, because I didn't read the book, it's pretty close to it. So, so it might be uh, worth worth giving a, a viewing. Cool. So, Nick, who is your favorite president? So for me, that's surprisingly an easy answer because it's he is indirectly involved and responsible for uh, or maybe even directly responsible for the craft brewing scene that we are enjoying here in America today. And that would be President Jimmy Carter, who back during his administration legalized home brewing for the average American. So each average American citizen or just anybody in America could could start making their own beer. And that is directly what led to these uh, early craft beers, or I'm sorry, these craft breweries such as Sierra Nevada, such as New Belgium, Samuel Adams, those all of these, you know, in-house names that we know of right now who kickstarted this hoppy revolution of what beer could be and really, really got this whole thing going can be directly traced back to the, the legalization of home brewing. Big major, major props to Jimmy Carter for that. And plus he's just a, darn nice human the man is out there still building houses yeah habitat for humanity that's what i was gonna say like he's 135 and still building houses yes but 
I choose him for the homebrewing. <clears throat> well, I guess, Chris, you're the last one left that hasn't learned something on today's episode yet, because I did not know about Jimmy Carter. Oh, I can't use that also? I didn't know that. Oh, oh, no. Oh, I I thought you might know it. I, I felt, no. I was like, oh, I guess this is something I should have known. Yeah, I didn't know that it was illegal. I mean, I guess yeah. we had all the prohibition and all that stuff, and we locked down. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that Thanks was something that if you if you participated in, it was, you know, kind of like it had to be like a, a, a secret home row operation of today where maybe your friends suspect and it's something you share with like a really close tight knit circle of friends. But that's not something you want <laughs> just getting out in the neighborhood because you would you would have gotten in big trouble. Not surprised now that I think about it, but interesting. So my favorite president used to be JFK. The more I learned about this gentleman the more I became a fan of his, and that would be our 26th president, Theodore Teddy Bear Roosevelt. And it's just, it was amazing the things he could accomplish. And he was, I mean, we had a lot of presidents that were tough. He put his money where his mouth was and got a lot accomplished and wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty and do the work himself. And just pretty amazing accomplishments throughout his life. So I don't, can't tie it back to craft beer. I'm sure he enjoyed beer, probably. But yeah, no, it was just, just a really, really cool dude. Uh, we're not even going to mention the the time he got shot and uh, <laughs> still still finished yeah, like so a, finish his, an hour and a half speech or something like that. And then I think probably also beat up the guy. And <laughs> so we're gonna get a little bit back to parenting. It's been a while since we've talked about parenting, and this week it's it's my turn to do it. I was thinking a lot about this and. It was a very difficult situation I found myself in because at this point, all three of us in some form or fashion have had uh, run-ins with COVID and our daughter, who luckily was fully vaccinated, got it right before school started back in early January. And I work from home, I'm vaccinated, boosted, and we are trying to not expose our son to it because he can't yet be vaccinated and was born with the heart issue that I've mentioned before. Anyways, so we, I took her, we went and quarantined together for 12-ish, 13-ish days, and it was a tough balancing act because the whole idea here was just to keep her safe. But she is in school, and so I was trying to keep her mind engaged and not have her get back to school because third grade, you know, you're not a senior in high school or studying in college, but it's still important stuff she's learning. And I don't want her to come in and have that awkwardness of having been out because of this, but also be behind. So trying to work with her on schoolwork, I'm trying to work, but also trying to foster, spend the time to help kind of build our relationship and help her deal with her feelings. And so it was just a lot of, a lot of taking a step back, understanding the the whole situation, appreciating her feelings, uh, having some open and honest conversations with her about how she was feeling, how she was dealing with everything. You know, luckily she had very, uh, basically no symptoms. Um, she's pretty much asymptomatic at the end of the 10 days, tested negative. Um, we moved on with our lives, but I just, I found myself just one of the more difficult parenting situations that I've had because most of the time, my wife is uh, a more complete parent than I am. And uh, I mean, she she had a couple year head start on me. But 
being the one person who's trying to navigate this whole thing and um, our daughter's very in tune with her emotions and able to express them very well and so navigating that was was a very 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 sticky situation i'm glad that we had that time we went through all the star wars movies again we did manage to have fun we went to creekside cookers that's now a barbecue truck they're not the brick and mortar anymore so if you listen to the episode where i talk about that don't look for creekside cookers in the restaurant anymore they're still in wimberley but they're now a food truck and they're called something else too we had fun we learned we laughed we loved but it was definitely a test of kind of my parenting chops and how do I deal with all these difficult situations. My joke, and I will give credit at the end to the person that gave me this, but my my dad joke, what do a cigarette and a hamster have in common? I don't know. What do a cigarette and a hamster have in common? They are both harmless unless you put them in your mouth and light them on fire. (laughs) <laughs> see that that's a dad joke i can get behind right there <laughs> that, that was uh, that may be your best one yet in my opinion well i i do i do have to give credit that's uh i saw the newest ghostbusters ghostbusters afterlife which i did cry at the end i don't have any problems admitting to it but i did cry at the end but yeah so it was a it was a joke from there that I thought was pretty, pretty funny. That's yeah. Well, I guess that means that now, you know, that neither of us have seen that movie. Yeah. Jen was like, Oh, why don't you just joke about your beer memory being the time that you took your daughter to a Dave Matthews concert. And, uh, Hey, but, Hey, Hey, and I was like, hey. Oh, Jen, I've, I've gone to that well too many hey. times. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Sheesh. So, hey, uh, um, you know, there, there have been consequences from that because now, <laughs> Like, I I don't start a story without saying, stop me if I've told you this. I want to shift a little bit because as parents and specifically, you know, the show being Beers with Dad, we think about what we can do for our kids. And it, But I think one of the biggest things we can do for our kids is make sure that we're the best parent that we can be for them. And so just want to take a, a moment when I've got the seat for this. And talk about mental health for men. I'm somebody who has dealt with depression for a good part of my life, as well as anxiety and some other things. But I know that it's becoming more of a accepted topic, but it's still there's still some stigma around men and talking about their mental health and being able to express it freely and, and have it as an open conversation. And it's this rub some dirt on it just shoulder through and or soldier through rather and you'll be fine but i know that my kids suffer when i'm not at my best and i just for guys out there that are going through some things or sometimes you don't even know that you're going through things just know it's okay to to take time for yourself and to get help it's help is not it's not a sign of weakness and you're not more or less of a man for asking for help. I guess you probably say more of a man actually, because just like going to work, making money, doing all that, you need to be right uh, mentally or else your kids aren't going to get all they can from you. So 
what I have to say is just if you don't feel right, if you if you feel like something's off, if you feel like you know it's harder to get out of the bed, or it's you know you don't feel as motivated as you used to, or you're getting angrier quicker, or uh, you can tell maybe your physical health is going down. Just there are a lot of mental health resources out there, but just just take the first step and make an appointment to talk to somebody. There are a lot of apps you can do it through now too, so that you don't have to go into an office and sit in a waiting room, but just know that part of being there for your kids is making sure you've got, you've got your head right. And we've seen just over the last forever really, but especially the last couple of years, there have been a lot of people who maybe didn't take that time and um, really had a pretty big impact on them and just know that there are people that are wanting to help that are willing to help reach out. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel afraid. Make sure and make uh, mental health as much of a priority as physical health guys. I don't know if you, I know it's a little bit heavier than kind of normal, but I don't know if you all want to add anything to that. Uh, Thanks for sharing. First of all, I think it's great that this is becoming less of a taboo subject to discuss amongst men. Um, I, I certainly hope that, you know, when, uh, when my son is, is growing, that it will be even more of a, uh, open and expected thing uh, and just part of the overall mental health development. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, John. And I completely agree. Just taking that first step and, and reaching out for help is the hardest part. And it kind of is downhill from there. I mean, gets easier from there. <clears throat> but yeah, reaching, acknowledging the problem and reaching out is always, for me, that was the the hardest part. And really great advice, great topic. I've in the past gotten two inside my head and had to, I actually ended up going to uh, a 12-step program for a while. And it probably saved my life. So, but the, you know, they they used they would say in those meetings, there's only two times you need to go to a meeting when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. And it's like it's for me, it was I never felt like it. So, just taking that first step and getting out there made it all easier after that. So, yeah, I I'm really glad you brought it up and. If you're out there and you're not feeling 100%, do something. Admitting that you don't have everything put together is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of times where it's like, no, 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 this is something I can deal with. And not being able to deal with it isn't a problem. It we we all reach those points. We we all do and approaching other people realizing that everybody's going through something nobody has it done correctly and that it includes you everybody has their own battle they're fighting their own thing they're going through and so it's perfectly normal for you to admit that i just don't have it all i don't have it all together and i need help so guys if you're listening just please please Maybe this is the excuse you need hearing other people tell you that it's fine, that it's okay, but 
get get help seek seek out help mental health care is being more normalized and there are resources out there so this week we are going to talk about chilies in stouts so there chris do you have something I feel like you're now. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I want to let you tell me that the kitchen was on fire if you needed to. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. But no, so I'll continue making my buttermilk. <laughs> it's worked for you thus far. So chilies in stouts. I don't know, you know, normally we try and give you a history and all of that. I don't think there's as much of a history. I think as craft brewing has exploded, and especially over the last, I would say, five to seven years, I think the adjuncts and stouts, there have been a lot of experimentation with it. And so I think one of the people like spicy things. And when you think about what beer spicy goes with better, you wouldn't think about like a Miller Lite with habaneros or something because it's just the the thinness of that beer of a lot of the lighter beers doesn't really it's not as as good of a vessel for chilies or that type of spice as kind of a richer darker beer and when i think stouts i think roasty i also think chocolate and chocolate and chilies is a pretty popular combination i think probably the first one i had of these was either the prairie bomb or Cascabel Cream Stout, which I was hoping to get for this episode, but they haven't made in quite a while, so couldn't. But I think it's just a really popular combination. The richness of a stout kind of helps carry that that spicy flavor a little bit better. But it's a style that I don't necessarily drink a ton of, but when it's done really well, it's, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, we talked about the El Sputnico which is kind of a Mexican hot chocolate version of Sputnik on our Sputnik episode. So guys, what do you think about uh, stouts with chilies, that combination? I mean, I think you're right that the stout is probably one of only two or three styles that I would even consider trying. If you tell me like, oh yeah, this beer has chili in it. it yeah, I hope it's a stout. And I think you'd probably get away with some sort of IPA in chilies, but I mean, yeah, it's just drinking drinking a chili Pilsner. It just sounds like just drinking straight up hot sauce. Because, I mean, some people enjoy that, I suppose. But that's usually not the mood I'm in. But you know what's interesting is I have had a, like a Mexican-style lager that had the rim dressed with like a tahine mm. dressing, which was really good. But to have the peppers in the beer itself... For that style of beer, seems a little no thank you. I mean, I've had other styles of beer with chili in it. I've had the IPA with chili, and it's like, I get it, but it's just a little bit too much of that kind of astringent quality. I don't, like, there's just something between the hops and the chilies, like, it's just a little bit much for me personally. Today... We are going to try a stout with chilies in it. Now, this one in particular is more a Mexican hot chocolate stout. The beer I wanted to do originally is more just a straight stout with chilies in it, but this one's got some other things. 
This one comes from Martin House Brewery. So that's a brewery in the Dallas area. Well, sorry, Fort Worth. And I know if Crystal's listening, she's going to scream that Fort Worth and Dallas are just so different. Uh, Whatever. Not the same. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. I do have with me, so the beer we're tasting in particular tonight is Mi Abuelita. Uh, Abuelita being grandmother, but there's also a brand of hot chocolate called Abuelita, I think. Pretty sure. Anyways, so this is a hot chocolate stout with cinnamon, lactose, chocolate, and chili. So really kind of hitting on all those notes that you would think of in a traditional Mexican hot chocolate. Now, I happen to also have the brewery exclusive release of this called Abuelita's Boy. So I'm going to I'm going to try that in comparison, but try the Mi Abuelita first. This comes in at 10% alcohol, so it's a heavy hitter, but uh let's crack it and see what uh see what we think. A lot going on in the nose. Mm-hmm. Getting a bit a pretty strong chocolate, lactose, a little bit of the chili. I was gonna say I can. I cinnamon. think the lactose is coming through the strongest for me. Yeah, I think so too. I'd agree with that. The chili is very faint. The cinnamon is also, but less so. Honestly, I'm having trouble picking out the chili in the smell. But if you say it's there, I believe you. I get a little bit of it, but it's definitely um, in the background. Okay, it comes through a lot more in the taste for me. It's weird. It's usually not so uh, indirectly uh, proportional to, uh, like that for me. I feel like the chili is kind of warming up my tongue, getting a little like, it's not like overpowering spice-wise, but just a little bit of that uh, tingle to it. The one thing I would say is it's not as thick and kind of chewy as some of the higher alcohol stouts, like an old Rasputin. It's quite drinkable. What do you guys think? Yeah, you're you're right. I was just thinking, um, you know, I'm, forgive me because I'm not I'm not a brewer, but does is it the lactose that does that make it kind of more like a milk stout in this yeah, case? That because that, I can see I can see that how how we're getting it a little thinner than where we would expect. That could be what's kind of thinning it out. You definitely, I mean, so I would say I get a good bit of each flavor. I would say the you definitely, you definitely get the chilies, um, but that's more of kind of on the the end. And then yeah, I was going to say taste. I can I can feel it like kind of in the back of my throat a little bit, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's it's you're definitely right. It, it is more of a, a tingle and a sensation than it is a flavor. Yeah, almost like a a hint of a slow burn. Yeah. The other thing is, I feel like it's a quick finish. It doesn't seem to sit as long as some of the other stouts that I'm used to kind of coat my palate and kind of have that like lingering thick, rich feel, which is, I mean, probably a bad thing. Cause it means I'll drink more than I should at 10%. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely chalk this one up under the category of it'll get you in trouble if you let it. Yeah, it'll you this keep is, your eye on this one. This is too drinkable of a stout with this much alcohol. I'm liking this more as it warms up. 
I feel like the flavors have kind of smoothed out and it's it's a lot more of a nice blended flavor right now than than earlier when I feel like I was getting really sharp and distinct but separate flavors. Now, I'm going to crack the brewery version, which the can art... As I drink another one. As I just <laughs> complained First about of all, I didn't have... drinkable it is. Let's I didn't crack have another a, one up. I didn't just, see, see what we didn't see. just chug the full can. I poured about half of the first one, knowing I was going to taste the second one. But this is Abuelita's Boy with the can art being from Grandma's Boy. I don't actually know what the difference is. I could have researched that, or maybe I could just say I researched it, and here's the difference. It's also a stout with chocolate, cinnamon, lactose, and chilies. It's 9.7%, though, so I guess the 0.3%. Well, that's okay. You can have as many as that one as you want. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's basically crushable. Overall, I mean, I I would say it's a solid beer. I don't. I think this is one of those that I wouldn't have two of them like in a a day or even a weekend if i get a four pack i'm probably drinking it over a month or six weeks flavor profile wise it's got some fun things going on there it's got some intrigue it's getting a little bit more balanced as it warms which try to have some of your stout at a warmer temperature because it really does change it yeah i think you hit the hit it right on my nose as well fantastic there's a lot going on here. Very rich, uh, very smooth, very easy drinking. I don't think I want another one for a while, though. And just because there's just so much going on here, maybe a, th- a third done with my can here, and and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little full. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Like, I agree with both of you guys. Like, good beer. To me, the chilies are still... Like very subtle. I'm getting some of the cinnamon and a whole lot of chocolate. You know, with there, it's interesting because there are other stouts like some of the Jag Shark variants, like one a day. When those came out, those are just so good. I would like to have one a day, please. This one's very good, but I just wouldn't put it. Uh, um, maybe it's because there's just a little much going on that I wouldn't want to have more than one in like a week or so. I think I might be like uh, having hot chocolate versus Mexican hot chocolate. Like I feel like I could have regular hot chocolate a little bit more frequently than I could something with a little bit more going on. I like the flavors. I like the beer. It is just a lot to it. It's not a beer that I feel like I can just like casually drink because there's so much going on to it. Like your brain's going around trying to figure it out. I don't feel like I can just sit back and drink it. So my my very first experience with chili beer period was cave creek chili beer and if y'all are familiar with that or have had it before you you know that it was not a good experience um so i'm probably having a a bit of a time coming over my own personal biases here because when i think chili beer honestly the first thing that comes to mind is gimmicky because that's what cave creek chili beer is it's 100 percent pure gimmick if you've ever seen it it comes in a six pack of clear glass bottles doesn't even really have a label on it and that's because there is a chili inside each and every bottle you know and i'm all for the experimentation i i don't ever ever say don't do it because i'm all for the experimentation but i feel like this particular adjunct is one where i'm probably gonna say you know that was an excellent try guys (sighs) yeah doesn't really do much for me it almost seems like a more forced 
relationship than something that I'm thinking of naturally. Like I'm not usually going into it and saying like, man, what can I find that has chili where I am coming into stouts and like anytime peanut butter stouts, peanut butter chocolate stouts are becoming a a big deal. Mint chocolate has been a big deal for a few years. I will generally try mint chocolate stouts. Some are misses, some are hits. Uh, I'll try a lot of the peanut butter chocolate. We tried one from, I think it's called Panther Island. Another another Fort Worth brewery. My point is, I just, I, I'm not always going to try the ones with chilies, but there are some that do it well. I think in my personal taste, I want a richer beer with chilies. I think maybe the, the lightness, the drinkability, maybe because of the lactose, but I felt like Sputnik was a little bit richer and carried the chili when we tried like El Sputnico, or I think they also had the ghost in the machine with Chipotle's. I, I feel like that carried the chili a little bit better or like the Prairie Bomb. That beer is just, I mean, it's thick and it's rich. Not that it's happening with this beer, but like stouts and adjuncts in general, I feel like can be used to try and cover up a bad base beer. And then when you go to something experimental, like, or I don't know, experimental, but not as common like chilies, it can be like, oh, look at this. Don't look over here at the not great beer we brewed. Just look over here at the fun chilies. But I would say when it comes to stout with chilies, that this is, it's a, it's a pretty good one. It's better than some have had, you know, maybe being at home, sitting in front of the fire, you've got some time, you're wanting a beer to sip on. It's it's a fun beer to have. And I would say I'm a little bit particular more particular with my glassware. I like the stubby goblet for lack of a better term. The t- what what is the proper term for this Nick, Chris? Tu- tulip, I think. Is it, a, is it a tulip? I thought it was a tulip. Uh yes, no, Chris is right. It's a tulip. Yeah, that's what and I was going right. for. Right. I kind of like stubby goblet. Um I, I, I when as soon as you said it, I was like, hmm. I could see somebody calling me that sometime. I mean, stubby goblet is probably a more accurate description of what it looks like. So, yeah, I like tulip. I just I think of long like I think of tulip flowers. I think like longer stem. But I that's where I was going with it. Anyways, not only does it the shape of it kind of help open it up, but I also like holding it by the base, letting it warm up using your hand um, because stouts really should be tried at various temperatures, uh, much like a bottle of red wine. You don't get as much out of it cold as you do once it warms up. Now, I wouldn't say you always want to store your stouts warm. You can definitely throw them in the fridge. But if it's a new stout to you, try some after letting it sit out for 20, 30 minutes. You'll get different flavors. You'll get a different opinion of it for sure. Much more so than I feel like most styles of beer. How long do you think chilies will last what what is the efficacy of a chili in a beer? So that I was looking at this can. This this was canned on twelve twenty nine. When when is when can I drink this and get the highest degree of chilliness? <clears throat> I'd probably say. I mean, if the highest degree right off the line, right? You open that puppy up on New Year's Eve. I would have to imagine. And again, this is highly researched and completely accurate. But I can't imagine chili being a adjunct that stays around yeah, a long time. I would agree. First of all, I don't feel like it's a flavor 
that would hang out that long. Plus, I don't think you're adding that much to it because you don't want flame and hot Cheeto stout, mm-hmm. which Martin House will probably come out with next. But you don't, you know, you don't, you don't want it to be overpowering. So I can't imagine you're adding a ton of it. And I just, I feel like it's not going to hang out in a beer forever. I could be completely wrong, though. I'm sure it has something to do with exactly which part of the chili are you using and are you going for more of a, a heat from the chili or a flavor of the chili? Are you using the seeds? Are you using the oil? Are you using the extract? Are you using like actual pure chili puree? What kind of chili? I mean, but I, I mean, yeah, I'd imagine the answer to that question is as varied as what kind of hops are you using and then how, sure. how long does that linger and what does that taste like after such and such time? But yeah, no, I, I, would, I would agree that, you're going to get the biggest and boldest flavors fresh. As it warms up, I get a lot less of the chili. I'm getting a fair amount more of chocolate. Oh, yeah. That that was a big, uh, a lot of cinnamon in that last one for me. Mm. Yeah. It's like, a, for me, burst of chocolate with like a cinnamon covering that kind of fades into the aftertaste but not as much chilies and the lactose kind of being ever present. So gentlemen, as we finish wrap up this episode, anything else you would like to add on any of the topics that we've covered today? Any, uh, Oh, geez. I would be remiss if we, we didn't pour one out for one of the most famous TV dads that we have lost recently. Mr. Bob Saget, Danny Tanner. That was a hard one in our household. We are big Full and Fuller House fans. I think for me and Nick's generation, maybe not so much Chris, but uh, Nick and I's... Remind me to tell you guys about the time I took my daughter to a Dave Matthews concert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what You just have to start taking her to more so you can actually have more Dave Matthews memories with your daughter. Although it's an expensive ticket just for a joke. He also died on my wife's birthday. So a little bit of a cloud. Yeah, that was definitely the full house was definitely part of my TV viewing schedule after school. Back when you had to actually be in front of the TV at a certain time to see to see the shows that you wanted to see. But that, that was one of the regular ones. Sad to see him go like that. Yep. That, Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince, Family Matters. All those good TGIF shows. Sabrina. What about the um, Jason Bateman's sitcom? Yes. God, what the heck? Family Ties? No. Yes. No, I think that's it. Yeah. When you said Family Matters, Jason Bateman popped into my head. But yeah, I think you're right. It's it's Family Ties. Yeah. Family Matters will be Jaleel White or Urkel and Stefan. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if you, I don't know if you Mm -hmm. remember when he transformed into Stefan. Is mm-hmm. alter ego? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our next show. We're just talking about when TV used to be great, but no, it's crazy to think like there are certain things that kids, our kids, Chris, you know, your kids, maybe your grandkids won't know, but like the idea of TV that came on at a certain time, mm-hmm. and that was it. Mm-hmm. And there were commercials. Yeah. See, I yeah. want to say Full House was either four o'clock or four thirty for me. Every day after school. See, I watched it in prime time. Schedule. Well, did you watch it? It was like syndicated by the time I was getting into it, I guess. 
because it was on every day. Yeah. So I think you did you watch it as part of TGIF as part of that like block on Friday night? No, I no, I don't think so. Because that's like, oh, wait, with the, the, oh, that was when it was on in primetime. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah. when that's when like it was coming on fresh. And then, yeah, like, TBS, yeah. God bless him, was responsible for me slacking off a lot after school when I was a kid because you had all those shows in repeat. You had The Full House, you had The Family Matters, you had uh, Fresh Prince. I definitely watched Fresh Prince in primetime. Yeah, that was. And have you seen the remake they're doing? The reimagining? Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the commercials. I'm like. I don't know if I'm going to watch that. Well, and they pushed it a lot during the Super Bowl, and I was like, is anybody wanting this? Yeah. I mean, I will say that if you're going to remake or reboot Fresh Prince, don't do a comedy, so they got that right. <laughs> yeah, don't try and out Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince. You're not going to out Will Smith, Will Smith. But, man, did they try and push that a ton during the uh, Superb Owl, the big game. I'll, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, there's too we'll much see. else for me to catch up we'll on. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll wait what I hear first, but I'll give it a chance. I'm not ready to write it off yet. <laughs> so I thought the high <laughs> of my day today was going to be getting Wordle into chances, but getting to sit back down with you guys and do this, and it's been a while, and it's been a ton of fun. Chris, Nick, I appreciate it as always. Thanks for taking some time out and sitting down today to talk about beer and being a parent. Yeah, thank you guys. Had a blast as always. I I try to be as obvious as I can. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you're extremely well thought out, extremely well vetted and researched. Only Truth Allowed podcast. Thanks for listening. Catch us on socials. Beers with Dad Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Like, subscribe, follow, rate, review. Do all the things that you do for your favorite podcast. We appreciate it greatly. Thank you to our listener still in Frankfurt. We appreciate you carrying the global flag for Beers with Dad podcast. And please don't touch the thermostat. Yeah.